is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Monday morning edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico from the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco. Glad you're with us, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic weekend because we're about to make your Monday a little bit better by talking some Cowboys. It's March Madness, of course, still around for a couple of days in the basketball world, but the NFL free agency period still just heating up, it seems like, around the star. We're going to talk about some of the recent movers and groovers in NFL free agency. Also going to talk about a little bit of the Mike McCarthy press conference that happened on Thursday. But first, we got to give a little props because our very own Isaiah Stanback has done some of his homework this offseason. And it can, it, it's, it's pretty obvious, gentlemen, because, well, nobody predicted the, the Pac-12 domination in March Madness on the basketball floor, but our very own Pac-12 alumni has dominated our Mm. winners, losers, and Cinderella segment we had a couple weeks ago because Isaiah predicted Keona Neal to be signed, predicted Mm -hmm. Alden Smith to be moved on from, and then his Cinderella, his dream pick is K.J. Wright, who at the moment is still out there. And is also being rumored and <laughs> connected me. with the Cowboys, Rob. <laughs> you're telling me. So you're saying there's, there's a chance. A chance. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, well, Isaiah has done very well in that segment, much better than we did in that segment. But whenever it comes to the NFL offseason so far, Isaiah got it right. And, and really the reason for that, Rob, I think is mostly because it's been very predictable. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's, I didn't chat with you guys last week, but I mean, it's been the first week and second week exactly kind of what we said it would be. And fans don't like it. And uh, I think fans are probably a little bit happier this week than maybe last week after the Neal signing and, and, and some of the other moves they've made. But this is what they do. They're, they are not going to be active the first two, three days other than maybe re signing a couple of their own guys. And they're going to look for opportunities. And this year in particular, there might be more opportunities after the first week than ever before because of the market. So weird. And, but they're, they're doing exactly what they've done for like the last 10 years, guys. They're covering their bases. Not really anything that's going to prevent them from addressing any position in the draft, I don't think. I think they could still go anywhere they want to go. But they're doing a pretty good job of trying to cover some bases on defense. I, I, I like what they've done, particularly in the last week or so. Beckman. So, so Rob, you're saying slow and steady wins the race, and we hadn't made any splash signings, and I think that's what everybody's looking for—that one or two splash signings. And you know, Isaiah did get it right with KJ Wright being rumored to be uh, affiliated in some kind of way with the Dallas Cowboys, and never thought that in a million years that we'd see that Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright combo break up but man if we are able to land a guy like that you know how special 
he is and how instinctive he's the most one of the most instinctive linebackers that we have in the league right now but you're right p uh just off season alone hadn't been a lot of splashy guys neil and now with the addition of uh Kazee, um you know look we're looking like we're going in the right direction we are refilling or restocking the cupboards but i think there's still a lot uh if i'm sure we'll all agree that there's still a lot that we need yeah there's no uh Definitely no doubt about that, fellas. Um, and I appreciate you guys giving me credit. I'm just trying to make up for my predictions this season. Um, they were the game lackluster. Picks. So I'm not <laughs> my game pick from picks, but uh, but no, overall, man, I think the, the Cowboys are doing a good job. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the, the the girl at the uh, or, or guy, you know, a girl or a guy at the at the at the at the pool party in the summertime. Heck, you know, when they come out there and they got the they got the shirt on and they get in the water, but they walk with their hands like this because they really don't want their hair to get wet. It's because they, ah, they got somewhere ah, to be ah. after the pool party. So yeah. no, not, not making a splash, but you're still getting from one end of the pool <laughs> to the other, right? So you're still, still getting in the so water. So I love that. So you're still reaching your destination. Uh, but but yeah, I think I think they have some things up their sleeves in terms of the draft, and I think that they're really addressing the areas that they needed to. They grabbed some 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 D linemen that fit their needs. Um, I think they got some competitive guys. They got some guys that are hungry um, at this point in their career. I think at the safety position, we all knew that needed to be addressed. And yes. I think that they did a great job getting veterans, not only who are who are proven guys in the league, they're experienced guys, and they're guys who are having some things to overcome. Right? There's there are guys that have some things that they have some things to come back from, improve, reprove who they are in this league. Um, and you're always looking for guys who can come in and compete especially when you can get veterans to compete, right? It's one thing to get young guys to compete, but getting veterans who are proven, who just need to get their confidence back, that's a whole nother deal. Oh, and by the way, they're familiar with uh, with the, with their defensive coordinator. So really excited about the things that they're doing. I know it's not fancy and the, and the fans don't really like it because you guys mentioned it's not a splash, but I think they're being very strategic and the moves that they have made with these veterans are positioning them to be able to go the directions they really want to go in the draft. You know, of all Isaiah's analogies, we get one a show. I, mean, it's, <laughs> I think that might good. be my favorite one. It was that, perfect. That was, I mean, the waters, of, the waters of free agency. The, uh, <laughs> the the mental <laughs> image in my head is Heckma keeping his hands above water, so that way he doesn't get his ha- hair wet with all the, the way with down. With the white the pool. t-shirt on. Yeah, that's that's my that's my no, visual man. that's going through I'm my not, head hey, right now. No, no. Don't don't get it don't get it twisted. I'm not a t-shirt on in the pool. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> just just know that. And and also, I never had no problems with worrying about getting my hair wet. So I appreciate it. True that. True that. that there, true that. Just know. Heck was letting that six baby. pack shine. <laughs> letting the head shine. It's a whole thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I, it's a I, vibe. Uh, it's a whole vibe. Yeah. Isaiah, you brought up a really good point though, and I kind of want to go back and hit this. We're going to talk about all of these free agent signings throughout the course of t- the the next hour. However, you brought up the po- the point of veterans competing because you can go out and get veterans. Veterans are available readily on a market and usually they will be pretty cheap. And, and that's exactly what we saw in 2020 when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys is they went to Dontari Poe. They went to HaHa Clinton Dix. They went to Maurice Kennedy. And, and yeah. I know Kennedy opted out for family reasons, but out of those three guys, the veterans that they went and signed competed competition and competing that will that dog that we've talked about so many times on this show was lacking whereas you start looking at the guys that they've brought in here in 2021 
Then Brent Urban, he's known to be a guy that plays with a mean streak. Same thing with Terrell Basham. Same thing with Keona Neal. There are these guys that may have had some either past injury issues or it maybe not played as well as they thought yep. to have been played in the past, but they're going and getting guys, Isaiah, that you think are going to come in and compete and, and, and fight for those positions. Yeah, I mean, we just became too deep at safety. <laughs> last last wow. year we were we were hoping to be one one deep, right? Now we have now we have uh Casey and Curse gonna be competing, right? And we have freaking Keon Neal and freaking Wilson gonna be competing. Those that's too deep. We're too deep at safety, just like that, right? Just like that. I don't know and if that's the thing about the guys that we have on I don't know. That's a little too far for me to say we're too deep at safety whenever uh, you've got a guy like Kazi and and uh, what was the, the other signing that I'm completely blanking on his name curse. from Detroit? Yeah, Curse. Curse. Yeah. I mean, those two guys, it, you could say that their body's there, but I wouldn't say that we're deep at safety. I'm saying you're I'm saying you're too deep. I didn't say that you oh, were like just T-W-O? at the seams with talent. Yeah, like like two, like two T-W-O, like two guys. Two guys, okay. I thought you were saying T-O-O, like we are safety. too deep at no, 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 safety. No, 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 okay, no, 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 okay, T-W-O, let me classify that, yeah. So at free safety and at the strong safety positions, we went from having one guy that we were confident with because in Donovan Wilson coming up and hitting people, right, and that was pretty much it. Last year, sure. is any anybody else have anything contested with that? Okay, no, no, so we so we felt we felt good about one guy being on the field competing, right? Now you get literally have four guys that you're like, you guess what? If nothing else, I know these boys are gonna come out here and compete. If nothing else, they're gonna come out here, they're gonna compete, they're gonna run around, they're gonna hit. At the free safety position, we have two guys that are gonna go out there and they're ball hawks. They're ball hawks. These guys are ball hawks. I'm not now. I'm not putting them in a, cl- in a category with, you know, some of the greats. Let's don't don't get mixed up. However, I'm not calling them Ed Reed. I'm not calling them Ed Reed's <laughs> and all that. But but these, these guys, these guys, these are guys that you will say, hey, if these guys are on the field, I know at least they're going to play the ball, right? They're going to play the ball. They're going to run. Side. Yes, sir. Let me let me just add to to that point that you're making is that you know you talked about this at at the beginning of the season there being a necessity for competition yeah. and that breeding the kind of culture that you're looking for absolutely and you you could tell Dan Quinn has already come in with that mm-hmm. mind state that we're going to have competition in OTAs two a days yeah. all of that and that's the way that this roster is going to be churned and not going to go into Absolutely. Mike McCarthy's interview but still you know that that's a necessity and if you can go back to the season of 2020 we didn't have a lot of that and I think all of that was a byproduct too of COVID and everything yeah. that we had to go on I mean it wasn't a lot of contact in, or any of that but still when you look at the Urbans and you look at the Watkins and guys that free agent acquisitions on the D-line, you can tell there's going to be some churning yeah, going buddy. into that final 53-man roster. I think all of that is going to be interesting, but I look for a new-look competitive defense yeah. going into 2021 for sure. One more thing about the safety position. I, you guys jogged my memory. I forget which game it was, but there was one game early in the season where Stephen Parker, you remember him, yep. was signed yeah. – he was promoted from the practice squad just to be active for the game and wound up getting like 40 snaps in the game. You know, and it, mm-hmm. it was it was indicative of just them trying to find answers mm-hmm. at that position. It, you know, they signed Haha last year and a week into camp it was like they threw him for a loop. They really I mean, he he was not getting it done for whatever reason. They weren't happy there. Yeah. Tried to go with Darian Thompson and then like you said, I mean, it wasn't until um, Donovan just kind of showed up that they had kind of one answer there 
So I don't think they're done looking there. I think the draft mm-hmm. can still be a possibility. Sure. Um, but they're bringing in, I think Isaiah hit on it, you bring in a couple guys that Dan Quinn knows and can adjust to his scheme and have a comfort level in it right off the bat. I think that's important. See, but one of the things I mentioned, I think I mentioned it weeks back. I think actually when before when Dan Quinn's name was being mentioned um, as a deep, potential defensive coordinator, one of the first things I told you guys about was the fact that the culture he, he's he's trying to duplicate the culture in Seattle, right? That, that's what happens. He's a he's a byproduct of Pete Carroll. It is what it is, yeah. and the the culture with Coach Carroll is all competition. When he was at USC, it was competition. When he was with the Seahawks, competition. That's all he breeds off of. And every day at practice, there was a theme, right? There was a theme that you that, that whether it was takeaway takeaway Thursdays or or whatever it was, you know, strip Mondays. Like there was all kinds of stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Every day had a theme, and you started to practice off with a one-on-one, right, with this defensive line versus offensive line, and he would call guys out, and everybody would circle around him, and, like, that was the environment. That was the culture, and I mentioned that before, and now you guys are it's awesome that you guys are starting to see this now. He's doing that. Right, he's sure. he's doing that with the roster. He's gonna bring in he's gonna bring in veterans that compete. They're gonna compete. Like these, this is where you guys are at in your career. If you guys want to get this money next year, y'all better come show up, right? And he's gonna bring in some young blood too that's gonna compete with these guys. So I'm gonna take this old school blood. I'm gonna take this young blood, and I'm gonna mix it together, and we're gonna see who comes out and wants to crawl to the top. And guess what? All the while, we're all getting better. You're getting better as a, as a player because you're learning how to compete and elevate your game. And we're getting better as a team because now everybody has elevated their game. He's going to do that at every single position on that side of the ball. So that's why he's nowhere near done to adding to this roster. And I think that's where it goes back to what we've talked about whenever we say that Dan Quinn was the best acquisition free agency-wise this offseason. And I, will, I think all the way through, that's exactly what we're going to say going into next year. Because of the the addition of Dan Quinn and the step up from what was Mike Nolan, I think is going to be something that Cowboys fans will look at this year as a huge win for this organization. Now, Kyle, what's that? I want to ask you a question, man. Ask me a question. So, when you say Dan Quinn is the biggest acquisition in the offseason, what's going to be the biggest difference between Dan Quinn's philosophy uh, that differed from Rob Marinelli and Chris Bouchard? What's going to be the difference between what he brings as a defensive coordinator? I think the simplicity of the defense from Marinelli to Quinn is similar. However... Marinelli uh-huh. tried to force round pegs into square holes in terms of scheme fit. And he said, let's <laughs> fit these players to okay. our scheme. Whereas Mike McCarthy has already come out and said on Thursday, it's all about the, the, the players. It's about fitting your scheme to the players and allowing them to play. That's what we were excited about with Mike Nolan last year. That's what we were excited about because he said the same thing. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't end up looking like that. Actions speak louder than words, and the actions were that we're going to try and do way too much, we're going to try and do too much, especially out of a virtual offseason. And I think moving into 2021, mm-hmm. even if there is a virtual offseason, I think there's going to be a step up because of the veteran ability of Dan Quinn and the success that he's had of running a simplistic defense and allowing these players to dictate what that defense is. Good answer. Is that a good answer? <laughs> Did I stump you, or would you have a no. rebuttal? No, no, oh. no. I absolutely have a rebuttal. And, and the deal is, is that I think the same thing that you're saying about Mike Nolan is the the same round peg square 
uh, whole mentality, guys that don't fit the scheme that you're trying to mm -hmm. run on the fly. And so, look, the thing that I love about Dan Quinn, and maybe not the simplistic approach, I think that his sub packages are going to be different than what you got from Marinelli. Won't be as predictable. And the whole ideal of hybrid or guys that can play multiple positions in your scheme doesn't tilt your hand so that's the thing that i like about dan quinn but mm -hmm. i just wanted to know i've heard this a bunch about dan quinn being the biggest acquisition in the offseason and not people not the perception being that players coming in and actively you know executing the system being the difference maker so just wanted to know you know what that's a that's a great point though because it can't just be, oh, we got a new defensive coordinator, everything's fixed. I mean, he, he has a great reputation. Isaiah did a great job talking about it. I think, I think the biggest point that Mike made last week in his press conference was a tighter blend of 3-4, yes. 4-3, you know, using both because every defense around the league is pretty much doing that. Everybody's kind of multiple to some extent, um, but not – and probably cutting down on the volume if it's a virtual offseason. I don't think they're going to overflow with major changes like they did last year because it just yeah. it, it was too much and it didn't work um, given the, the the way the league worked last year. Uh, but you still got to have players. I mean, you got to have some upgrades. And I, I do think to to Heckma's point, I mean, I, I'm I'm I agree that Quinn is that's a huge acquisition and it may be the biggest one. But Neil has a chance to be the the best acquisition they have from a player side. I think oh, from a player standpoint, years old has has been to a Pro Bowl. It's just injuries. Same thing with Kazee. If they can stay healthy, you know, I think last year we talked about, and I think we all kind of got excited about some of their additions. They were mostly guys in their thirties. He's twenty. He's twenty five years old. I think he could still play some good football. And I think I'm not going to use the word. Heck, the hybrid world. I just used it, the H, the H word. <laughs> but he, 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 he can be kind of that Swiss Army knife and help you in a lot of different ways. I, I, that was, that's an interesting signing the second week of free agency. I think it was a good one. And I do want to preface this by saying we're not talking about Dan Quinn coming in and taking this defense from the bottom of the barrel of the NFL and putting them all of a sudden in the top five, and we're going to see the Legion of Boom, and this is going to be incredible. We're talking about Dan Quinn going from 32 to 22. Like, that's that's the only jump you really need, and that's why you're so good on the offensive side of the football is because you don't need a defense to be in the top 15 to be a Super Bowl contender, at least with an offense like this. So I'm not saying it's a, it's a be-all, end-all fix with Dan Quinn. I'm just saying that I think we're, you're going to see more disciplined football. You're going to see a more understanding football IQ from the defensive side than we saw in 2020. That's my way of looking at it. And Isaiah, I know you've mentioned it in the past. The energy is another thing that I think Dan Quinn is going to bring for this defense that at times lacked in 2020. We looked at the defense and said, where is yeah. that energy? It wasn't there. There was nothing. It was dead. And now uh, you've, it took almost till what, week nine against the Eagles to finally see a little bit of a jolt? Or week eight against the Eagles or whenever that game was? Yeah. To finally see a little bit of life out of that yeah. defense? That's not going to happen this year. At least I don't think it will. Yeah, I think, you know, I know we're going back and forth, heck, between the, the how important a defensive coordinator, if that's the, the greatest, you know, pickup we've had, acquisition we've had this offseason. I would say yes. Absolutely. Hands down, without a doubt. And yes, you, you definitely need players, obviously, right? You still got to have talent. We can't, you can't just have an amazing coach and just sucky talent, right? Which I don't think that we lack on talent. 
um, and, uh, on this team, on that side of the ball. I really don't. I think we lacked in uh, awareness, talent. execution. <laughs> no, it's not just talent. It's not just talent. It's really not. Um, it, it, it's, it's confidence, right? And not only that, it's wanting to play for your coach. Yeah. So, I mean, you got plenty of people out there that say, oh, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. They shouldn't need no motivation. True that. Guess what? That check's coming regardless if that coach is there or not. So, there you go. Sorry mm. you don't like to hear that. That is what it is. That check's coming. So, now what's your motivation? Do you have a coach that you want to play for? Do you have a coach that says, that, that, that makes you want to give more when you're going to receive the same check no matter what you do? The check's coming. The check is coming. Now, what is my motivation? Do I have somebody that I want to go out there and be a dog for? Do I love my teammates? Do I love the environment? Do I love the culture? Do I love the city? Is the organization treating me well? Are all these things really on one accord? Because if those things are on one accord, then guess what? Ah, now, now we got a culture. Now we have an environment. Now we have something that I can, I can, I can get hyped off of, right? I got some guy. I got, I got, I got, I got a young buck, or I got another veteran right behind me. If I slip up, guess what? They coming to get my spot, mm. right? I'm not just getting this just because I'm getting paid X amount of dollars, right? I have to earn my keep, and I got to earn it every time I step on the field. Kind of reminds me of something like what? Like camp, right? Guys get excited about camp because what? You got to earn your keep. You got to earn your spot. You got to earn your spot on the team. So when the season comes and you have that same (laughs) culture that exists, the camp culture during the season, that's when your team elevates. So yes, the defensive coordinator has the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, special teams, all that stuff has a huge effect because now I now embody the personality of that potential of that particular coach and it's so important so don't let's not undervalue how important he is and the inspiration that he has the mentorship that he can that he can provide for these guys young and old because now you're he, he, he's literally taking him and putting it into the players and you will see that represented in every single successful organization in this league and if you can find one that doesn't embody their coach show it to me yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think that can't be understated enough. The influence that a coach or coordinator has on his on his group of guys. But if you have a bunch of tomato cans out there, you can try and coach them up as much as you want. They run up against opposition yeah. that's going to hand True their that. ass to them. True and that. defense, that's what happened to them in a lot of situations where teams were just running it right at us and we didn't have the talent level to compete, whether it be Dunterry Poe or other suspect. Well, I I disagree, Tech. I disagree. I I don't think it's a talent thing. It's not a talent thing. thing. These guys are the one percent of the one percent. Heck, Heck, that's a it's it's a it's a it's a want to. Poe did not want to play. Let's be honest. Poe did not want to play. Could he play? Heck yeah, it's a light switch. He didn't want to play. You know why? Because he mentally, I'm assuming, I don't know the man, I'm assuming in his head, look, I I hate this environment. I'm just gonna call a spade a spade. I hate this environment. This check is coming whether I go 100 miles per hour or I don't go 100 miles per hour because guess what? I'm a veteran and I'm like this is guaranteed. So I'm gonna get this check regardless. So if I'm not, I'm just telling you, sir. I'm just telling you certain people's mindsets. Heck, I, just, I mean, it doesn't sound Isaiah, good. It if doesn't that's the case, and he didn't deserve to be in the league anyway to be a part of that one okay. percent. If what he, if what you're saying is, I'm just gonna get this check and get paid and go back to the house. Certain guys I mean, are like that. You certain got, guys are like that. I'm not saying out, I am. <laughs> you're putting out bad. You're putting out bad tape. And so for guys that are free agents on. That went to other places. They had no tape to talk about to dictate the terms with new teams because they sucked. 
right? And, and I'm just saying, if you had that kind of year and you expect to get paid handsomely for your services, you're going to have to put it on tape. And we had a ton of guys that are not putting it on tape, whether that's talent or whether that's coaching. All okay. of those things can be dissected, but I think they go hand in hand. Okay, and I, I don't want to jump ahead because Kyle's going to slap me, but <laughs> Xavier Woods. Is he? Does, does he like point. talent? See, I didn't say that because I knew what That's what I'm talking about. But, but, does, but does he like talent? In some aspects, yes. Because somebody else wants him. For what? Not for a lot. To play the same position he was playing here. It doesn't that's matter. A, somebody else wants him, though. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Xavier Woods, if he had balled out and put it on tape and all of that was there, his terms would have been different in free agency. No, no, that's I don't disagree with that. I do not okay. disagree with that. But, but what I'm saying is guys will put out what they're willing to put out. And if they have somebody who they want to play for, you're going to get better production out of that. I agree. That's that's I, facts. I think I think y'all are both right because I think I, do, yeah. I, I think it comes it comes down to player execution. Obviously, I I do think because a lot of people said, you know, it, it, this is the same defense that was middle of the pack the year before. So what happened? Well, I think they missed Malik Collins last year. I think they Hell missed yeah. Jeff Heath at safety last year. I yep. think they missed Byron Jones at cornerback last oh, year. Gosh, yes. They didn't replace the guys they lost. They didn't replace <laughs> them well enough last year. By the same token, though. Like Isaiah is talking about culture, and and what the defensive coordinator can can instill in you wanting to play for him, a confidence level. I think something was missing last year, installing this thing in the virtual side of things. Mike said it last week in the car in the in the press conference. We got to do better in terms of our virtual component of things. They they didn't they didn't reach a point defensively where guys were confident and fat, playing fast, no. and free and confident until late in the season. And so yeah. that that goes on coaching, too, in terms of mm-hmm. communicating a system and putting guys in the right spot. That's where Dan Quinn comes in. But you got to yeah. have players, too. I think, I think it's, a, yeah. it's a combination so, so, of both. So, so, Rob, if these guys, if these guys, if these guys that were on our roster this year, heck, right, if they come out and ball out this year, just all of a sudden these guys just, uh, we got eight all-pro guys on this side of the ball. Did, were they that less talented? This previous season? No. No, I think it's an understanding of the scheme and what your responsibilities are in it, and you can play fast and without thinking. You know that to, because you're a player. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, hesita- the hesitancy and the scheme and the game plan going up to each week, guys have to be confident in what the, what the system is asking absolutely. them to do. And right. if last year our guys never had an understanding of that, us finishing last was a byproduct of not understanding the responsibilities. But, but that's but not think- talent. No, no. But when you turn on the tape and you see your one tech getting pushed 15 <laughs> yards down the field. That was a then, choice. Oh, come on, Isaiah. You just don't he want to agree with that, that dog. He chose that. <laughs> hey, Hegma, Hegma, let me ask you this. Do you think that Poe's going to keep playing this year or you think he's ready to wrap it up? Uh, he, he his rap. It should be a rap. Exactly. exactly. He was good. He got past that first game. He said, check mark, money's coming. I'm done. Yeah. Mm. Well, no more guys like that then. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's not it's not a talent thing. It's what can you get out of that player? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not talent. Everything that you just labeled was all about understanding the scheme, confidence, right? Being able to play fast. Those things have nothing to do with talent. All right, all but right. You get to be last in the NFL on defense for a reason. Yes, so, and, and that's we'll why I agree with Rob, and I think it is a combination of the two. You can't have one without the other. However, everybody tap gloves, go to your corners. We need to take a break. Whenever we come back. <laughs> oh, we have to say it's all right. Whenever we, we come spot. back. 
we're going to keep this conversation going, but we're going to throw in the, the recent news with Xavier Woods signing elsewhere. There were a couple huge draft trades that I kind of want to get your thoughts about whenever it affects the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to sure. talk about it on the other side of the break when we return on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, and whether you're listening to us on this podcast or to music while you work out with Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, you'll experience audio at a whole new level. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Heckma, what do those earbuds sound like in that in that room of yours? It's like a symphony in my head, Kyle. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Dang it. What? Come on, dog. I positioned it. it. I, the, okay. Come on, I will see, say. First of all, I was thrown off because I thought we were doing Essilor. Mm-hmm. I apologize, Bose. Mm-hmm. I apologize, Bose. I apologize. So, I threw that in there. I will give you know, credit. I did the pose for y'all. I was everything. about to say, I will give credit. <laughs> Heckman did give a little pose to the camera. He had a little nice little smirk on his Thank face. You. The presentation was better. The audio was not great at all. And remember, this is a podcast. Wow. So. I missed the presentation. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was yeah. disappointing. Well, uh, let's talk we about some more. Cowboys free agency. Let's go ahead and move on. Yes, I flipped the the reads on you guys just to keep your to- keep you on your toes. Uh, I want to yeah. talk about exactly what you guys mentioned and and what Isaiah, of course, looked ahead to, and that's Xavier Woods signing a one year. $2.25 million deal with the Vikings up in Minnesota. Replaces Anthony Harris after he, of course, left and signed with Philadelphia. 
Will Xavier Woods be missed in this defense? That's my biggest question because, I mean, you guys already kind of went back and forth on his want, his talent, and I want to kind of start that engine right back up because he's replaced by DeMonte Kazee, who, of course, like we talked about, reunites with Dan Quinn, has that familiarity, and he's also on a one-year deal, the money. I don't think the money's come out yet, right, Rob? No money yet on Kazee? Uh, you know what? I just saw a tweet about. I think it's just over a million bucks. Oh, like one point one, one point two, um, like a nine hundred thousand dollar base salary. That's off a report. Okay. So, well, that's a lot cheaper you know, than Xavier Woods. Expect in the second wave. What he get? Did we see from Minnesota? One year, two and two and uh, two and change, basically. One year, two and change Four. for okay. yeah for for Woods. Now, will he be missed though, Rob? Will he be missed? I mean, if, if KZ if KZ can do what what Xavier did well, then I'd say no. I think that I think if he can stay healthy, and again, that's it's there's a caveat here with both Neil and KZ. I mean, we're talking about Achilles injuries. The Cowboys have done a great job working with guys coming back from those injuries. Barry Church, uh, we can go down the list. Um, Greg Ellis, but. That, that's got to be proven, you know. If he can come out and and again, we'll see what they do in the draft. But I think he might have an opportunity to earn that free safety spot. And he is at his best. He does a good job of preventing big plays. You know, I think he can he can be that single high guy, uh, keep things in front of him, and and when the ball presents itself, he goes and gets it. I think yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, sure. I think he's got ten takeaways in a two year span, ten interceptions. Cowboy's been missing that. So that's where, you know, that's another element that maybe the Cowboys can build off of that Xavier, a lot of times, ball's coming right at him. He doesn't catch it. And, and so maybe there's a difference there. It's never a good thing whenever you have to repeat the question. <laughs> miss him. You say, you say that, man. Gonna miss him. Wait, hold up. They're going to miss him? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. I'll let Heckman round this one up. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't think we're gonna miss him. I don't think the Cowboys miss him. I think that um, I think that they replaced him with competitive, hungry veterans, and uh, for that for that alone, um, and you just you could take his one quote that he had. Um, I think that we that we that we have an upgrade in terms, at least if anything else, mentality. So. Are we gonna miss him? Um, first of all, I just want to wish him well and, yep, and congratulations sure. on signing with the Minnesota Vikings. And we play the Vikings this year, so I, I'm gonna wish him well now because I won't be wishing him well in a few months. Uh, mm. But you know, I think you know, coming from Louisiana Tech, there was some expectations for for Woods. I, I think you know, for for us and just safety being an issue for the Dallas Cowboys for so very long, that expectation or potential was never realized. He never took the next step. He did some special things in special teams. He also, obviously, I'm, I'm hearing great uh, teammate and, and locker room guy, but again, there was so much there that he left on the field, just bad angles, bad play, and like Rob said, ball coming right at you and bloop. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> you know, just not able to make a play. And, you know, Kazee uh, and just you talk about his 2018 form and him being able to get seven interceptions. I mean, we hadn't had that in a very, very long time. Uh, got a, a, a safety with or any DB with seven interceptions. So I just think, you know, that is that is uh, that gives him one a leg up on any of the guys that we have on the back end. But 
Look, for our secondary, we're, with Dan Quinn, he is t he is trying to turn mud to marble. And he has a huge undertaking uh, at the safety position, cornerbacks as well. And you know uh, that the Cowboys are going to still go into the draft. And you say we're too deep right now at safety. I think we may be three deep after the draft mm, because yeah. there's going to be competition all around. And we have to get better at the back half, and, and especially if we're going to be playing with that you know, center fielder as Dan Quinn likes to play with. So, you know, either way, I, I, I think, I, you know, again, I wish Xavier Woods well, but uh, no, won't be missed around here. Isaiah, break it down for me here whenever it comes to the cover three defense, that single high look that we're going to see a lot from Dan Quinn's system, or at least what we anticipate to see a lot. Because he fits better than Xavier Woods because of blank. What What is yeah. that missing piece that Kazee has that Xavier Woods didn't? Because, I mean, the money ends up being cheaper, which is fine. I thought it would probably be right around the same for those two. So why was Kazee the guy they went and got, even though I know the money was a little cheaper as well? Well, discount double check, first of all, right? I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I mean, everything take, that we... take the money out of it. I want to know why that, yeah. the player yeah. was chosen. For sure. Yeah, so you talk about somebody, first of all, one of the things that we all keep coming back to in terms of our, our defense's ability to perform or lack thereof last year was familiarity, right? Um, so you got a guy who comes right into the system confident already. Boom. Hand clap. Just <laughs> right off the bat. Confident, right? Already a, uh, already a hand up on what we had last year. So then you take into the, the fact that he's hungry, right? You got injuries and all these things. And then you got another aspect that he knows how to find the ball, right? When you pull up his highlights, you know, if there's a tip ball, right? If a de defensive back, cornerback makes a great play, tips the ball, listen up. That's not just going to hit the ground. If it does hit the ground, it's going to hit the ground after it hits his hands, him trying to get an interception. So as you already heard Heck saying, like he's a ball hawk. He wants to try to get the ball. Um, and that's what you need when you have that center fielder. You need somebody who has range. You need somebody who has awareness. And you need somebody who wants to go get the doggone ball when it presents itself. And that those are all things that I don't think – I mean, Xavier had a little bit of range, but that was about it. Right, so this is that is the reason why they went out there and got um, and got and got Kazee versus versus um versus Woods. The one thing I'll say about Xavier is he did have some some good moments, some good games here. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. thought I thought last year, I thought last year he kind of played out of position. Honestly, I mean they they had him in the box probably the most that he's ever been in his career yeah. because you know you're, you're only playing two linebackers and you're in a lot of sub package work and. I don't know if that's the best thing for him. I think he's a, you know, yeah. he's a, he's a center fielder, free safety type. That's what Kazee is probably going to be here if he wins the job. So, I again, it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about first segment. Are you putting your players in the best positions to be successful? I don't know. If, I don't know if they did that with Woods last year. Yeah, and, and as everybody's trying to gain an understanding as to how important that is, uh, Kyle, that that center fielder, right, that free safety in in a Dan Quinn scheme. Is, is, is that much more important because there's only three guys that are responsible for getting deep, right? If a ball is thrown deeper than, than, than 12 yards, there's only three guys on that field that are responsible for, for getting to that ball. You got your right corner, your left corner, and your free safety. Right. That's it. So when you talk about defending the whole back half of the field, that guy is responsible for literally a third of the field. Um, 
And, you know, when you have that scheme, there's eight guys underneath. Cover three scheme, there are literally eight defenders underneath. So pretty much Dan Quinn's coming in saying, you're not going to run the ball. You're not going to throw any of these little short routes. We're going to get to you before you have time to drop back and throw the ball and actually threaten our three guys that we have deep. Our defensive ends are going to get to you. Our linebackers are going to get to you before you have time to sit back there and have the time to throw. So if you do make that throw, right, that ill-advised throw, that risky throw, then I have a guy back there that can go catch the ball and make you pay for it yeah 100% and I I think that's ideal I think that's what you as a defensive coordinator that's what you want your guys to do but if we put on the 2020 tape and we look at our safeties there are a lot of times our guys were staring in the backfield and and Mm -hmm. all they had was pass protection you know and the ball goes right over their head so there was a lot of bad reads uh, by our our safeties last year and whether that's you know playing out of position or just not being very sound uh, in the scheme those two things cost us a lot and I think with you know, because he, his range, as you pointed out, Isaiah is very important. He is rangy in his ability to go uh, be patient back there as a center fielder and read and react. And and I guess reading and react and Achilles uh, injury don't go together quite as well. So hopefully he's healed up and obviously he's healed up or else they wouldn't have uh, signed him. So those are just things that I think that he brings to the plate for, for the Cowboys. And don't expect there to not be those blown, blown plays because even with that, that system and even with the like you said, the three people that are or three players that are are assigned to that deep part of the field, there's going to be lapses, and it's going to happen, especially whenever you have a player yeah, like Kazee who goes for the ball and <clears throat> is aggressive enough to try and go and force a turnover. He'll get some. I don't know if he'll get seven. That expectation should not be seven interceptions by any means. That's a great number to look back at 2018, but if you think you're going to get seven interceptions, you're purely mistaken. And he's going to give up big plays now and again, but it's something that I think you could look at as a defense you might have upgraded. I hope it is an upgrade because last year I thought Xavier Woods, and I said it on this show multiple times, I thought Xavier Woods was going to take the next step. I was wrong. He didn't take the next step. If anything, he took a step backwards, and that's why Minnesota signed him for much cheaper than I think his initial deal would have been if he would have actually taken that next step. Now, I do want to ask this before we get into to the draft moves that happen. We may have to push that to the third segment, but really quickly here. Does the lack of adding a corner speak volumes for this Cowboys defense right now? Because there is a huge glaring hole on that defense, and it's called the cornerback spot. Does that kind of give away and show the hand of the Cowboys as they lead into the final month leading into that NFL draft? Because, well, heck, but they need a corner, and uh, they don't have any at all. So you're saying that they may need one. I'm just so, saying. Yeah, man, I think that, <laughs> yeah, thank you for, you just walked me right into that one. I thank you, dog. <laughs> uh, but no, I, you know, I think corner is important for this team. But I, I pull back from that, too. I think there's still a need at a one technique. I, I believe mm. that we still need to get better interior-wise. Uh, and, and Isaiah's brought this up, and we've said this a few times on the show, is that, you know, if you can improve in, in your interior, guys don't have to hold so long on the outside. So what do you do? Do you put the, the egg before the chicken or the co- however that saying goes? Oh, my but gosh. Whatever. terrible. <laughs> what? <laughs> whatever you got to do, you got you to get your priorities. You got to get your priorities in line. Which, where is that going to be? Is it going to be fixing uh, your interior line or is it going to be putting lipstick on a pig and fixing what you got on the outside? You got that, you got that on one right. <laughs> you got that farm analogy right. Why couldn't you get the first one correct? 
I'm a city. I'm a city boy, Kyle. That's all right. I appreciate that. I mean, players make mistakes. I just made it, so it's all with a smile on my face. What? It's the best way to do it. That's Ro- right, Rob. Are they sh- are they showing their hand before the draft of who they're looking at at ten? If they don't, if they don't do anything in the next couple weeks, then yeah, probably. I mean, and, and look, I mean, it could break their way where they might have their pick of a couple different corners, right, in the first round if it works out yep. for them. Um, there's some veteran corners still out there. I mean, you know, and again, though, it comes down to what their cap pay. looks like, mm-hmm. what you know, what guys are looking for. And what's their name, Rob? What's the name? What's the name of the? Oh, I'm just. Got? Oh, I'm just. I'm just looking at names. I mean, what Richard Sherman's still out there? Oh, Casey wow. Hayward's still out there. Oh. I'm just talking about just talking about vet- veteran guys. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, you re-signed Jordan Lewis. KZ could probably help you in the slot if you needed somebody to do it. So, you know, I'm thinking draft at this point. I mean, when I look at what they – you mentioned corner's a big hole. Do they need another linebacker? Like, Keanu – Neal can play linebacker, and they're talking about him starting off at linebacker, weak side linebacker. He's 215 pounds. Is he going to be exclusively a linebacker, or do you need to find somebody else? You lost Joe Thomas. We'll see what happens with Sean Lee. I'm looking at Isaiah's free agent list, and it's very interesting to me, you know. So, um, you know, is K.J. Wright a possibility? Or are they looking at the draft potentially mm. for, for that spot as well? I, they, they've got other needs potentially too. What do they do with backup quarterback? I, I don't think they need to be done in free agency, but I don't know exactly how much space they have to really work with at the moment. It's a good point. And Michael Parsons ran a 4-3. Yeah, he did. There's, a, there's another one. There's another option. Just, just Goodness. Yeah. I don't know. Stop it. Yeah, let's not let's not go into that. Let's go into draft talk though. We're gonna go ahead and step aside when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. The Cowboys are now picking in front of the entire NFC East, and we'll tell you exactly how that happened yeah. and how the Cowboys could maybe take advantage of that when we return on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. 
By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're listening from the home or actually, wait, 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 wait. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor, as always, on Dallas Cowboys. I, I, my goodness, I threw don't you take myself your, Don't you take off. my glory from me. I threw myself off the whole time. I mean, I, like I, I threw a change up to you guys to try and throw you mm. off and keep you on your toes, and it messed me up. Anyways. The entire NFL draft order was thrown a curveball on Friday, to say the least, as well. There was some uh, shifting and some moving as the San Francisco 49ers trade up to number three with the Dolphins, and they give up a haul to do so, moving up from 12. The Dolphins then moved back to 12, or excuse me, up. Yes, that's what it was. Back to 12. Then the Dolphins traded up with the Eagles to go back to six, where the Eagles now are picking at 12. And the Eagles apparently wanted to go up and go get Zach Wilson. They said, we wanted to move up to three, but it was only for Zach Wilson. So it looks like Zach Wilson's not going to be on the board at three, or at least Philadelphia doesn't think so. So my question to you guys is now that the Cowboys pick in front of both the Giants and the Eagles, and then I guess we could throw Washington in there as well. They're a little bit further back. At 19th, but how big of an advantage does this give Dallas the fact that, well, they're now picking first and picking before anybody in the division, at least in this first round? I, I yeah, I mean, I think it, <laughs> I don't know so much about picking in front of the, the division, but now it pretty much assures four quarterbacks in the top. In the top nine, probably yeah. Kyle. Yeah, is that, is that what we're looking at? I mean, maybe you know who's being mocked now in the top three besides Trevor and besides Zach Wilson. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Fields? It's probably I, either I Trey Lance I, I or Justin Fields at three. Okay. Oh, Lance too. I've yep. seen, but I've seen Mac. CBS had a mock of Mac Jones at number three today. So yeah, I don't know, know about that. That seems kind of high, but but again, that to me, that just like I never want to hear again that oh, this is this is kind of a weak quarterback class, you know, because because we're hearing about that like for next year, and, and just don't buy the hype, man, because teams it's too important a position. Teams are going to fall in love with guys, and they're going to go in the top five, top ten, and that's good for the Cowboys in terms of just keep pushing defensive players down to them, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's, I mean, heck. Heck mentioned a linebacker. Whoever, that is good because that's got to be the top top priority, in my opinion. You could talk up offensive tackle maybe, but they they very well may have their pick of their top cornerback that they might want. Which would be huge. And, I mean, we mentioned last week on the show, Rob, you weren't here, but we were talking about Denver and the fact that they signed a couple of veteran corners. Maybe they don't go after a corner at nine. And so that way you do get – your pick of, of either yeah. Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn or even Caleb Farley still, if you still want to throw his name into the mix. But I think all over, 
like Friday's moves, the the biggest question was now, all right, Miami's not going to take a quarterback, but that's good for the Cowboys. They're probably going to take an offensive player. Of course, the first three picks are all going to be quarterbacks. Maybe the fourth pick with Atlanta. You're right. Everybody in front of the Cowboys is pushing these defensive players down the board, and I think these moves help that out, Heckba, and, and I think it's something that the Cowboys could certainly benefit from. Plus, I put this out on Twitter the other day, Kyle Pitts may not be in the division anymore, and Jamar Chase might not be well, in the division yes. anymore. Yes, mm. yes. And, that's, and that was my worry looking at six of who <laughs> they may have chosen and just knowing that Kyle Pitts may end up in the NFC East. But I think, you know, obviously every draft has its shakeup, and there's a player that no one's thinking that will be in the top five that will be, and that may be Kyle Pitts. Uh, and so uh, it really is intriguing to look at Zach Wilson and his uh, the way that he's ascended on everyone's draft board in the COVID year, where he is in a guy that has beaten a lot of teams, uh, big name teams that have been out there, and how some of these other guys like Justin Fields has kind of fallen. So really uh, intriguing to see where, where that whole top five thing goes. But for us, you know, I'm not going with you know BPA. As Rob would say, uh, we we gotta get we gotta get some defensive help. It, it's there unless you get a if there's just a guy there. It's just culture generational changing talent there at ten, and that'd be the only way that I would take a, an offensive guy. So I'm looking at Pat Sertan. He he could be one, but also man, Michael Parsons running that four three. That changed my mind about him hmm. completely. Ooh. Mm. Isaiah. Yep. That's exactly where I was going with this, heck. I know we need a corner. I know we need a corner. However, Michael Parsons oh my God. pops up in your lap. What? Uh, that's a physical specimen. So, yeah, I think, yeah, if me, yeah, me, I'm going to go give me some Michael Parsons. <laughs> and I'm going to sure up that front seven because you are in the NFC East. So uh, understanding that and understanding where you need to be solid at, and again, uh, 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 ooh, I almost said a bad word. Uh, a, a nasty front seven. Let's keep it that way. A nasty front seven can can beat a, a a good secondary any day. A nasty front seven is better than a good secondary any day in this league. So you get to the quarterback, he doesn't have a chance to throw the ball deep. Boom, there you go. So I think us being in the position that we're in now in terms of the NFC East, uh, we're in a great position because like you guys already hit on, we don't have to worry about anybody trying to grab some players that we're interested in and we get to dictate the moves that they then have to make. And it's always, it's, it's always, it's always good to be in that position. So what you don't, what don't you agree with Kyle? The shelf life of a linebacker. I don't know if Micah Parsons is as good of a player. I'm scared about the opt-out year. I don't like the off-the-field issues that he's had in the past. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about Micah Parsons going at 10. Uh, Now, if he falls and you trade back, sure. I mean, late teens, if you're trading backwards and you want to give up 10, I would take him in the late teens, not at 10. And the shelf life of a linebacker in this league right now, we're seeing it year in, year out. It started with Sean Lee. It's moved on to Leighton Vander Esch, even Jalen Smith a little bit here and there. The, li- li- the the shelf life in a top ten pick, it's not worth it for even a guy that is a generational I, type of athlete. Athlete. Let me throw that out I there. I didn't say question, player. At that Michael Parsons is yes, Isaiah. Can I ask you a question? All right, coming out of this, right? I ask this to all you guys. I know we got to get going. You get Sertain, right? Yeah. You get him. 
do you say, ooh, ooh hey, we're about to be nasty? Or I wouldn't say Michael that with Parsons. Parsons. I wouldn't the say that with seven? Parsons either. What? No. No, I wouldn't say that. You're you're, you're telling me that a, a rookie linebacker who you're going to replace with a guy you also drafted in the first round two years ago is going to all of a sudden make your front seven that was one of the worst in the NFL automatically nasty? I'm talking no. about. No, I'm talking about your your. Uh, wow, Rob, talk to him. <laughs> Why is he getting mocked that high then? Because he's a good Despite athlete. Despite all the question marks. And he's very talented. He's a talented player. But I good think there are athlete. too many question marks at 10. And, and I mean, people are going to mock linebackers high because okay. they're the best linebacker. He's the best linebacker on my board. I'll tell you that. He's above JOK. He's a better linebacker than anybody else in this draft class. I don't like drafting linebackers in the top 10. That's my thing. Plus, okay, if fair. there's off that's the field fair. issues. You think Bay likes it? <laughs> Tampa Bay is a different scenario. No, it's a championship team. That's where you want to go, and that's where you want to be. And so you look around the league, especially when you, the, everybody's running this RPO, you have to have linebackers that can turn and run, and that, that costs us a lot of the time. And the comparison between Jalen and Michael Parsons, it has been fair. But I think as far as the – the ball ability, his his ability to get to just apply pressure alone would be game-changing for the Dallas Cowboys where he can go from Sam to Will and give you that size that you need. And he's a playmaker, man. There's no other way around yeah. it. You can't say just because, oh, he's a linebacker, you don't want to go that that go that go high on the guy. I'm talking about ability and his what he can do as far as changing he's got the ability. game. And like you said, Isaiah, Isaiah, like you said, dictating to the offense and not having the offense dictate to you. Absolutely. We've seen what that's been about, and that's why we have been punished on defense. When you get a difference maker like Michael Parsons, he can change the game from interior, not from the outside. You have Trayvon Diggs, and then there's still a lot of guys out there, and there's still cornerbacks that you can get later in, in, in later rounds as well. So, Come on, man. That's that's a lot. It takes to, to it takes more Parsons. it takes more for a cornerback to be productive in this league than it does for a linebacker. Yes, but also corners can do Facts. it for a lot longer than linebackers can. But do you a have time to longer. wait, Kyle? No. Do you have time to wait as a cowboy? As a Cowboys fan, do you have time to wait? You so, can solidify, not solidify. Well, you can come very close to solidifying your front seven. I don't think that's a fair comparison at all. Or you can improve all. your secondary. You can improve your secondary immediately. Patrick Sertan coming into the league would be an automatic. Better, he would be the best corner on your team right now. I'll say that 100%. He's better than Trayvon Diggs. We saw that because guess what? They played on the That's same not field together. Much. They're, uh, you just, That's not you saying just, much. You just but hoisted Trayvon Diggs get, as the you, number one corner and somebody that you can rely Sherman. on in the secondary. Hey, what if Sherm? What if Sherm takes two million? You bring Sherm on a team. Is he the best on the team, or is it going to be Sertan? It's probably still going to be Sertan. Sherm's at the, the end of his rope. Sherm is a veteran, dude. Come on. <laughs> well, he's not prime Richard Sherman. <laughs> hey, hey, that's good stuff. I, hey, I mock Sertan too, Kyle, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in the boat with you. But Isaiah and Heck do make good points in terms of just what does the linebacker <laughs> position look like a year from now? What does it look like? I mean, you got you – got, Leighton in the final year of his deal, unless they pick up his fifth-year option. We'll see what happens there. Jalen's got multi-years left on his deal, but everybody wants to talk about cutting him this year. They didn't do that. Um, (laughs) Sean Sean, Sean Lee's status is still up in the air. Francis Um, Bernard. 
Francis oh, Bernard's gosh. under contract. You got him, but no, you lost you lost we Joe Thomas. How deep is that room? It's not very deep. It's not, it's not deep, very at all. deep at all. Now, I don't, it doesn't mean you have to spend a top 10 pick on it. I'm just hey. saying they're, they're going to have to address that position at they some will. point. And I think Rob, they will. There's linebackers they can go get. Rob, as an offensive line, as an offensive coordinator, and you play the Dallas Cowboys, and you got those three motors at the second level. Your approach is substantially different than if you have two guys at that level and uh, some okay corners. Get the heck out of here, man. It's 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 it's, it's not even a competition. This is really not like you have an opportunity to solidify your D line. They will continue to get some more guys in there to make that that D line. They're going to correct that. They'll figure that out, right? They got some guys on the edge that are going to bring some pressure. They'll clog up the middle with big boy. They just got okay. Now all of a sudden you have opportunity to put three freaking athletes. Three Vander Esch and 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 him at the at Parsons are freaking huge. Put yeah, those guys in there, and you and and you take the responsibilities off Jalen and let him go out there and figure out how to swipe again, right? You let those three dudes run side. This dude, that's a problem. That scares you so, as a as an offense. Not freaking okay corners that are young. Okay, so you would rather just kind of okay put a band aid at corner, sign, move some money around, sign another veteran corner, and, and there's then other go picks. Spend, okay. Okay. There's other picks. I'm not saying to not draft a corner. You can say the same I'm thing about drafting with your top ten pick. You can. You can. You can. I'm glad you said that because yeah. there are guys like Jabril Cox that's out there as well. Yes. That you yeah. Baron Browning. But they Nick don't Bolton. Have, whoa. They're not six four two forty five running four threes. Thank you. <laughs> Na- name another. Please name another Thank in you. history of Everton. Six four two forty two forty five. I'm two thirty five. Kyle, he's an inch taller than me and ten pounds heavier. Oh, and by the way, he runs a four three. Are you kidding me? If you're going by that logic, then let's go ahead and just draft Kyle Pitts and let's figure it out because he's a generational talent more than Michael Parsons is. Let's. I mean, if you're going for that, I'm just saying I don't. I don't like it. This road again. If Micah Parsons is if Micah Parsons is the pick at ten. I'm throwing my pin against the wall. Like, that's my pin throw moment. If he's the pick at 10, I'm upset about that. Wow. And I will be upset about that on this show when we do it again. Is it, it a ballpoint? Uh, you know, it'll be one of those You'll like G2 it. ones, like the really nice pins. <laughs> that's how upset I'll be. I'm going to chuck it straight at the wall, and there's going to be like a black mark in the back here by the SWBC Mortgage Studios logo. It's going to be real unfortunate. I won't hit the yeah, logo. I'll just hit the thing next to it. Heckman and I be high-fiving. We're brothers. <laughs> in the corner. That's us. Oh. Well, we hope you enjoyed the last hour of debate because we had plenty of it on this show. It's been Say It With Your Chest Monday again. In this offseason. Goodness gracious, we've got some aggressiveness. We're going to hit it again next week. Plenty to talk about with this Cowboys offense, or excuse me, offseason. Never a shortage of storylines, but that's going to do it for us today. For Chris Beam in the back, stay along because we went a little bit long. For Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. See you next week here on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How-